0: The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, September 25th, 2023.
1: The woman in your life who will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do.
2: welcome yeah. to women's spaces my name is Elaine B Holtz and I'm your host and with me at the board is my friend my partner my engineer and co-producer Ken Norton good morning Ken
0: good morning Elaine
2: boy we saw the clouds forming in Sonoma County it's amazing looks like we're gonna have a little bit of rain and you know we're right we're right just we just had the uh, winter uh, the fall equinox and it's just amazing when Ken and I were driving down West Deal Lane we ran into the Sun and I never saw the Sun in such a perfect ball. It it was just amazing to me and suddenly I realized and I wonder if we ever think about it that we're living on this planet in the middle of nowhere and for heaven's sakes I can't believe that we can't find a way to peace. In fact I have two very special guests with me this morning. Joining me in the studio are two longtime activists Susan Lamont and Susan uh, Chunko. We will be talking about their activism and what motivates them along with some of the updates. Uh, Susan's going to have some of the updates on some the nuclear protests that are going on around northern california that i'm very very curious about the you know why all of a sudden the surgeons that were were concerned about nuclear once again well what's so exciting about both susans i mean it's amazing my daughter susan susan chanko susan lamont it's just amazing all these wonderful susans actually lane is related to lady of the lake in the uh, in the uh what the uh uh, Prince I forget the uh, the round tables and Susan is very very involved with that there's so uh, many many Susans anyway they've just been honored Susan Shunko has just been honored to be put on the uh Sebastopol California living peace wall and that's she's one of the recipients for 2023 and Susan Lamont was uh, put on the uh, peace wall the uh, Sebastopol living peace wall in 2017. you know the wall is a monument of granite panels uh stock uh, you know, topped by a bronze, uh, uh, I hate they say this hippie peace symbol. I think the uh, peace symbol is just absolutely beautiful. And quotes uh, prominent nonviolent activists and social justice figures. It was created by uh, Michael Gelati, who unveiled it in October 2015 in downtown, no nuke, self proclaimed Peacetown, USA, Sebastopol. Four names are added each year, and Susan Chunkle is one of the four names. And, you know, they have this beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, inscription on the wall that I want to read to you. It says, We honor the peacemakers whose names are inscribed, who have during their lives worked for peace and against war that beautiful, work for peace and against war, for justice and against injustice, for nonviolent solutions and against violence, and for the common good and against selfishness and greed. I like that one, selfishness and greed. I mean, that's one of our biggest problems, you know, really, really one of our biggest problems, you know. And Susan Lamont's been really, She's she's been a long time active, is very much involved with, uh, I remember when we first met, I think we were protesting the Iraq war. And I remember we were talking, we just kind of introduced each other, and then all of a sudden they had a huge die-in. And that was like in in 2001 or 2002.
3: 2003,
2: I think. 2003, and here we are, 20 years later, another war, you know, well, it's just it's just amazing, it really is, it's amazing and and Susan Chunko well, she and I go back, way back with uh, the protesting the Vietnam Wars, you know, I remember when I first came out against the war in Vietnam I swear to God, I thought I had a, every enemy in my family, they looked at me like, what? You're against the war that the United States is doing? Come on, Elaine, give us a break Well, these are two ordinary women doing Extraordinary things, and that—that's what Women's Spaces is all about. You know, today is the last—the uh, last Monday in the month. We're going to do the Women's Spaces Pledge, and as always, we do our history is our strength. And and the, you know, the pledge is is really important. You know, why why do I do that once a month? Well, you know, t- in order to be an activist, in order to come out in the world, in order to stand up and speak out, you have to have a certain level of courage. You have to have a certain level of self-esteem. I mean, I remember when the first time when I I got involved with the uh, Andy Lopez situation, and I'll never forget the first time I stood up in front of the Board of Supervisors, and I looked at these five people, and I said, why am I here? Why aren't they doing the right thing? Why do I have to protest like this? And I remember looking at them, and it was my first awareness of how important local elections are and how important it is to support activists, how important it is to support your community radio stations. I mean, all these things play into bringing attention to the community to what's going on. And out of the Andy Lopez situation was another uh, organization that uh, that Susan worked very hard with, and that was getting the ILR. Uh, on the on the ballot, so we can have some accountability here in Sonoma County, and I'm sure we are going to talk a lot about that. Well, I have a special announcement. I made a big mistake last week, and I'm sorry about it. I announced the uh, National Organization for Women, their monthly meeting, and it wasn't what happened. Is They had to cancel it. Something came up. There was an emergency that came up, and we were not able to have the meeting, but we are going to have the meeting tonight. That's going to be tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. And if you go on www.sonomanow.org, you can find all the information on the Zoom. It's also going to be on www.womensspaces.com and as you know, last week I'll tell you, last week was a thrill in my life. You know, having Marianne Williamson on. I love talking politics, but I love adding spirituality with it. And I, it just was such an uplifting interview for me. And I am so excited. I mean, I'm just I'm thrilled beyond beyond measure because Marianne Williamson agreed to come on to the National Organization for Women's regular monthly meeting to do a presentation on Monday, November twenty. Right. So I want you to mark that on your birthday. And what's so ironic about that day is that's my mother's birthday. My mother passed away some 30 years ago. But I can't believe that we're bringing Ann Williams in on my mother's birthday. To me, it is so symbolic. And why is it symbolic to me? Because my mother was one of these women who got caught up. She got caught up in the middle where women got the, the right to vote. Her aspiration was to be a businesswoman. She wanted to work. She had won all these different awards with typing and short. Hand meets my father falls in love decides they're going to get married he's he's an older guy so he's not going to get drafted so she feels really secure and boom she gets pregnant that was the last thing that's the last thing she expected in fact when my mother told me the story after her honeymoon when she went to get birth control they used diaphragms back there It was too late. And you know, it was a lifetime of struggle for her, you know, a lifetime of trying to be her own person, trying to be a mother at the same time. In fact, one day she sat me down and says, You know, Elaine, I'm really sorry (laughs) that wasn't my idea, but we're just gonna do the best we can, so let's hang in here together and just do the best we can together. So it just it's an amazing turnaround when I think of myself as a woman and what I have done in relation to my mother, when I think of what my own daughter has done. When I think about my grand, what my grandchildren are doing right now. The females in the family, how much more, how much more progressive they are, how much more ahead of time the, the choices they have, and at the same time, at the same time, all of our choices are being threatened. So there is a lot, a lot, a lot to think about. Well, like we do every single Monday, we do that segment on our history is our strength. Now. Some people, they'll write me, they'll say, well, hey, we really like that, I learned about this, or they'll make suggestions about different women that I could put on the list. But one woman wrote me a real interesting letter. She says, you know, Elaine, I was listening to Our Our History is Our Strength, and you talked about standing on the shoulders, and I did not realize, I did not recognize the fact that I am standing on the shoulders of so many women who stood up, spoke out, and made a difference in this world. And it's just, it's an amazing, and amazing process. So let's start, let's start, let's say yesterday. Yesterday was September 24th. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do, our history is our strength. I have to announce because today is September 25th. And I'll tell you something. This is one funny day. We are at a bilingual station here at KBBF. And today of all days is National Quesadilla Day. And what's so interesting is we had a birthday party for uh, Susan Chunko on uh, on uh, Friday. And I got to tell you something, Susan Lamont made the best quesadillas I ever had. Uh, quesadilla Day, pardon
3: Cultural, appropriate, cultural appropriation. I know.
2: It was amazing when I saw that. <clears throat> We're all coughing in the studio. National Quesadilla Day is annually celebrated on September 25th, and it's a great time to enjoy this delicious meal. Originating from Mexico, quesadillas has evolved over time as a result of the many experimentations people have had with this different varieties of it. This is one special dish that provides your taste buds with much delight while at the same time giving your body much-needed and uh, so happy National Quesadilla Day. And another another thing that we're celebrating today, which I think is very interesting, and that's our national, it's National Daughters Day. You know, Susan has two daughters. I have one daughter. I have one granddaughter and now two great-grandchildren. Pardon and Susan has a daughter, so here it is: National Daughter's Day, and it, it's a it's a day to remember to show unconditional love to the guardian of our, of our family trust, our beautiful, witty, creative, and sometimes demanding daughters. Boy, I'll tell you, my daughter's a Taurus. Talk about demanding! <laughs> For aging parents especially, a daughter maintains a letter of a level of connectivity and commitment, and keeps families together and healthy. Of course, that's not to say that sons don't do. The their part, but today we're talking exclusively about our daughters. So happy daughters' day. What's your daughter's name, Susan? You have two daughters. Ellen and Julia. Julia. And Ellen Ellen is a Ellen is a PhD and mm-hmm. my goodness, and her son just won that wonderful contest. Oh my goodness, you have a lot to be proud of. Well, another day today was very interesting. Today is Yom Kippur. So the Jew it's a Jewish holiday. It's a high holiday. You know, I remember Every Yom Kippur, I went to to synagogue with my grandmother, my grandmother Rose, and we would sit there and we would daven and we would cry and we would, and she would hold me and we would say, we're sorry about this and sorry about that. And then we would go home and we'd have this wonderful meal. So it's Yom Kippur, otherwise known as the Day of Atonement. And, you know, it's so interesting when I was thinking about that, my brother Mark, my brother Mark is the one who really tries to keep up the traditions. I'm not, I'm, I'm not into my religion. I'm more of a um, I would say I'm more into unity, more of a, into a spiritual uh, a- aspect of it, not necessarily the dogma of a religion. But my brother, he keeps it up, and he says to make sure that I lit the candles for my mother and my father, and we let We also lit a candle for Dr. Herman's, Dr. William Herman's, who was Ken's mentor, and also for his father. And all of a sudden, I start thinking about my Auntie Dodo and all the relatives. And before you know it, I'm sitting there praying. I'm, I'm apologizing to all of them that I didn't make. Pain. Attention and I thought, wait a minute, what do I have to tone for today? You know what? And I thought to myself, why not take a moment to think, you know, what did maybe I wrong somebody, maybe I said, you know, the wrong thing, or maybe I didn't show up, or maybe I disappointed somebody And, and kind of forgive yourself and kind of forgive them. You know, it's a day to kind of forgive yourself, to recognize that each and every one of us is doing the best we can. Some can do better, some could do a little bit lesser, but, you know, everybody is really struggling. And it's a good time to reflect. So let me just read you this. Uh, today is Yom Kippur, otherwise known as the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur is considered the holiest day in Judaism and I remember oh my goodness this holiday lasts approximately 25 hours and my grandmother and I we used to fast so you you denied yourself food and you reflected on all the things that you did and it's the time to ask God for forgiveness you know forgiveness for some of the things and, and none of us is perfect you know we always do something that we're not particularly proud of but, but today's the day to maybe just reflect and I've been doing a lot of reflecting and if there's anybody out there that I've hurt their feelings or I've said something that maybe I shouldn't have said. Well, I'm really sorry about that. It's never my intent to hurt people. I mean, I really believe most of us really come from a place of love and compassion that we try to show and sometimes some of these different mm, things get in the way and it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. But today's the day to just ask for forgiveness and to reflect on I don't believe particularly in god i believe in a higher power a great spirit the great mystery i mean just living like i said i saw the sun and i thought oh my goodness i'm living on this planet in the middle of nowhere and it's just such a divine mystery it's just amazing and with all the mysteries we're going to talk about our history is our strength you know and whose shoulders we're standing on and here we are i wonder you know we're we're beekeepers ken and i we just brought in the 17 pounds of honey i mean it just was just amazing these little critters they really produced and just watching the bees just watching them and just watching these little critters and then looking at each other and thinking you know the bees have two eyes and so do we you know and they're running around and we're running around and everybody's trying to survive and everybody's doing the best that we can well let's go ahead and look at our history as our strength which I think is very important and you know it's really interesting you never know until you go into her history and strength, who's doing what and who's doing what. And this per- this person was born on September 24th, 1902. She made her transition in 1986. Her name was Cheryl Crawford. She was an independent theater producer starting with uh, Johnny Johnson in 1936, which is kind of an anti-war play. And her success included Porky and Bess and Burgerton in 1947. Now, I had no idea that woman actually wrote these two plays these were very especially borgy and best you know here here's this african-american woman independent theater producer here she here she is in 1947 you know, we we still hadn't even been able to get any kind of credit as women, let alone own our own home. And here this woman is producing on Broadway. Amazing, amazing. Another woman that I think is very interesting, she was born September 26, 1893, and she made her transition in 1976. And that was Frida Kershway. Now, what an interesting name. Frida Kershway, she was a political journalist. She was the first editor of the Nation magazine, which I just renewed my subscription to the Nation from 1937 to 1955. So she was kind of part of the, you know, the first wave of women after they got the vote, and here worked. She worked for the Women's International League for, Pre- for Peace and Freedom, and I never even heard of that. And I said, "What the heck is the International League for Peace and Freedom?" And I looked them up, and I thought, "Oh my goodness, they're still in existence!" And I, it's just amazing. It's an organization that started, I believe, in uh, 1915. They wrote their first manifesto, and and this is their. Here's 1915. Here's their values equality and human rights hmm. doesn't that sound familiar anti-militarism I mean here we are we're still there non-violence calling for non-violence I mean here we're talking about 1915 they're writing this, this five years before they even got the vote across the United States Solitaire, solidarity anti-racism 1915 anti-racism ecological sustainability Care and community. Let's have health care for everybody. Oh my goodness! This one, integrity. Integrity. What a word! I n t e g r i t y. Integrity. I mean, I think that's what's going on in this world. We kind of we kind of lack a lot of integrity these days. Collaboration and participation. Hmm. Women need the vote, <laughs> strength and diversity. I mean, here we are looking at this league. It's still, it's still in existence. It's in New York. It's called the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, and they have a New York office and also an office in Europe. And here we go. Here it is. In 1895, this woman is born, made her transition in 1988, and worked so hard on something that was unknown, women joining organizations like this, women coming together, particularly for integrity, and anti-militarism. I mean, we're going to talk about that a little bit when we get into the interview with Susan Lamont, talk about what's going on with, with the nuclear. What's what's stirring this up all of a sudden? You know, all of a sudden people are starting to protest again. Very interesting. Well, here's another woman I think is very interesting because it, she was part of the Christian Temperance Union. You know, They were very interesting. That was Frances Willard. She was president of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, and it was a largest of organization at one time in the United States in the 19th century for women, and it turned women into a political force that was never known before. Like all of a sudden, not only that Christian temperance. Christian, that I means following, love your neighbors, yourself. I mean, what a concept! I mean, I, I interpret it as do unto others as you'd have to do unto you. Well, it's it's really amazing, amazing. Well, Francis Willard, thank you so much. Was looking for women's rights. You know, when you think about it, I I often think about it. What is it that they all of a sudden that women have become secondary citizens? I mean, we're the ones who bring forward life. Hasn't anybody noticed those little bumps in front of us? Those are bringing forth life. You know, and yet we are treated like second-class citizens. you think that we would be revered a little bit more these days. I mean, it reminds me of when they were writing the Declaration of Independence and they had their first, uh, the Continental Congress had their first meeting and they invited the the, uh, Native Americans from the Iroquois, because they had, Iroquois society, because they already had a constitution. And and Ben Franklin was very, very interested in bringing that forward to the United States, using that as an example. Our our constitution is actually, was gleaned from, from their constitution. And the first thing the Native Americans asked was, where's the women? You know, there were no women there. Here are all the men. Here, are the women are the ones who bring forth life. I mean, here I am, a great-grandmother. We would have been on the consul. We would have been deciding whether there's a war or not. And my vote would always be no war. Sit down, talk about it, see if we can figure it out. But... It just doesn't work that way. Well, our last woman that we're going to celebrate her, she was born September 30th, 1875, and made her transition in 1951. And that was Annie Margaret Martin. She helped. Uh, she helped win the vote equal suffrage in Nevada and the Western suffrage. She's a Western suffrage leader, and she became the first. I had no idea the first woman to run for president in 1918. So women have a long, long history. Well, we're at that time of the of the program. We're going to do the Women's Spaces Pledge, and I invite Susan's, uh, the two Susan's, to join with me, and also Ken, if you would join me. And you know, I, I know oftentimes, you know, people look at me. I will, I will give somebody my card, and they say, "Oh, I have my card. It's by my computer, It's in my bathroom, or wherever they wherever they hang it." Okay. And then some people say, "Oh, this is so silly, Elaine." Well, you know, something that is kind of silly, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's a little, a little thing. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Well, you know, you might think it's silly, but when you think about it, you know, women are beaten down. We are beaten down. We are told, you know, uh, I mean, all the way back in religion, I believe, was it Paul that said women should be silenced in the church? You know, like be quiet. We don't want to hear from you. You know, so it's, it's beaten on our self-esteem. So this little pledge is just to remind us, to remind us that we have control over that. We don't have to buy what people are telling us externally. We need to go inside. We need to find our own self, our own purpose, and our own courage to be able to stand up. When you think about it, you know, when, when I'm, I'm sitting in this room, all three of us in this room are all mothers of daughters. All of us, you know, we've had to, you know, Susan daughters, I mean, a PhD and a, and a grandson that just won a thing and wrote a thing on human rights. that was just amazing. The next generation coming up by women like us who were able to stand up and those of us who can't. Looking at our self-esteem, saying a mantra like this is really going to help us. So what I'm going to do is first I'm going to say a line. If you guys would just repeat after me, I'd appreciate it. And then at the end, we'll say it all together. So let's go. Are you to, Can you join us, Ken? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. We got... Oh, I'm, I love it when I have a nice audience here. Okay, we're going to go one, two, three. My self-esteem... My self-esteem... self-esteem does not depend... Does not depend... depend on, anything on anything... On anything... Outside... Outside Outside of me, of me, of me, my self esteem, my self esteem depends depends on my relationship on my relationship relationship. with myself with myself and my higher power and my higher power. power. However you look at that, my higher power, the great mystery, God, Jesus, you know, a flower in your garden, you know, whoever you see. As that that inspiration inside of you. So I'm going to say it one more time. Just listen. Just take it in. Just think about it. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. That means there's nothing outside of you that's telling you that you're okay, you're not okay, you're this, you're that, you're pretty, you're ugly, you're too fat, you're too thin, whatever goes on inside your mind. Your self-esteem depends on your relationship with yourself and the message that you're giving yourself. And my self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and and my, the higher power, the great mystery. I mean, we live on the planet. I often wonder, especially when I saw that sun, I said, hmm, this is really interesting. I don't fall off. What a miracle that, that I'm even living, that gravity is holding me on this planet. I mean, there's so much to think about and so much to be grateful for. And at the same time, so much to stand up for, so much to speak out for. And, you know, I like there's a I think there's a a book that just came out uh, by one of the uh, people that's uh, uh, one of the, uh, I guess, witnesses against Trump. And it's called Enough. And that's how I feel. Enough. Enough. Let's stop already. Let's start sitting down, talking to one another, talking about peace, talking about love, talking about ways we can come together instead of all this garbage that we hear over the airs all the time. It makes you feel like, oh, my God, is the world going to end tomorrow? I mean, just amazing thing. Well. That's about it for the first segment. And we are going to take a musical break. And I'm really excited uh, when we come back. I will be talking with Susan Lamont and Susan Chunko, both both women who have been honored on the Sebastopol Living Peace Wall. Uh, Susan uh, Lamont in 2017 and Susan Chunko just recently in 2023. And we're going to play a special song called Dreaming World sung by Bunny Hill Hull. Oh, I, re- I really like this song because it gives you a feeling of, you know a little bit of hope so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and play that Ken and when we come back we'll be talking to the two Susans dream
4: dream a word. got dreams no matter how small no matter how big they seem well, you can make it happen you can make it shine you don't need a starry night all you need is a little time everybody's got the freedom everybody's got a chance everybody's got the power just believe you can Top, Standing on love's shoulders, let your vision take you up. Everybody's got the power. Everybody's got the chance. Everybody's got the freedom. Just believe you can. Oh, dream. Dream a world.
2: Many of us dreaming a world. I love that line everybody's got the power. You know, all we have to do is go look at our self esteem and just stand up and speak out, and we would be amazing what changes can happen. Well, for you just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Welcome back. you're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host Elaine Holtz. Joining me in the studio is two of my favorite friends, Susan Chunko and Susan Lamont, both longtime activists. Welcome, ladies, welcome to Women's
0: Spaces. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. You know, before we begin, I'd like to tell folks a little bit about you. Is that okay? Uh, Susan Lamont, we'll start with you Susan is a longtime uh, peace and social justice activist She, who is currently affiliated with Sonoma County's Green Party, Police Brutality Coalition and Veterans for Peace she is also a writer poet and photographer, I have to say she is an amazing writer and photographer and Susan I'm happy to say is a regular guest and she was one of my first guests when I first okay. came first. on television in 2004 so we're both getting old together she was involved in helping create the Independent Office of Law Enforcement and Outreach, Iolero, and work diligently to get it on the ballot, and it would pass with over 60 percent of the vote, and she continues to work on it, to work on progress. Anything you'd like to add, Susan?
3: No, that's fine. We're going to discuss our backgrounds later.
2: And then Susan Lamont excuse me, Susan Chunko, she first became an activist protesting the war in Vietnam and in recent years has served on the board of directors and as treasurer of the Peace and Justice Center for Sonoma County. And she's also did all the collating with the Peace Press. That was so much fun. You know, I just used to love when we come down and collate. And we'd all just, it felt like we were, we were sitting around having all these talks. It was really a great, it was great thing. Uh, she's a uh, been an activist and worked with multiple organizations in fact a friend my friend Mary Norman wanted to say hello to you and when i told her that you were on the on the wall she says oh my god susan was always always showed up one of the best organizers that i know <laughs> Uh, she was one of the original uh, advocates for Camp Michaela, the Remembrance Village that was for the homeless, and continues to act as a community liaison for the homeless uh, homeless encampment. Well, congratulations, well, ladies. You know, 2017, Susan, and 2023, congratulations for being put on the wall. Thank well, you. Well, Thank you. Well, well, let's start with you, Susan. Begin by talking. You know, tell us a little bit. You know, one of the things about women's faces is to encourage women to stand up and speak out. So, talk about your early activism. You know how how did it begin? You know, and I know that you have quite a history in your family. You have suffrage. Your great great grandmother. Talk a little bit about those things and how that influenced you.
3: Well, it does actually go back to the Women's Christian Temperance Union. Oh, really? Because my great great grandmother was a member, (laughs) and uh, she took her daughter, my great, two of her daughters, my great grandmother and my great great aunt. To hear Henry Ward Beecher speak on women's rights, temperance, and uh, abolition of slavery, and that led my great grandmother to become a suffragist, and she worked on that essentially um, till, till almost the end of her life. I mean, she was she was a um, a speaker and a marcher. I have a picture of her marching in the street with with her. Uh, friends. How did that and impact you? Well, I mean it, 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 it's a little indirect because it, it impacted my mother who became um, a person a woman who was very outspoken and was never cowed whatsoever by men. And uh, so that led to my situation being basically the same which is I actually learned to turn men's anger or whatever it was they were feeling and uh, not feel it myself. You can say anything to me, and I don't care. You won't traumatize me. You won't change my mind, you know, unless you're using some kind of logic. But, I mean, if you're just being... a bully. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a bully is a good word. I was trying to find a word that was acceptable on the radio. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, I I did learn to look at the man who was behaving in such a such a way and just feel either contempt for him or pity. You know, that's, real, <laughs> that's where it led.
2: <laughs> it's really interesting that you say that, you know, because I think all, all of a sudden, you know, I'm writing my memoirs, So all of a sudden these memories come up. And all of a sudden I remember my uncles teasing us about being a woman. And, you know, how oh, we're, all of a sudden we're speaking out. Who do we think we are? I mean, something like that. <laughs> there was always something something going on. No
3: one in my family ever said that.
2: So that was amazing.
3: So that was, yeah. And so but both of my parents were political um, my father, my mother's probably political her entire life, and, and my father went to um, the Naval Academy, and he was a supply officer in Guam during the Korean War and learned that the military is profoundly corrupt, and the higher up you go, the more corrupt it is. So that turned him political. Yeah,
2: so. I, you know my my <laughs> uncle Nathan. When I asked him what was the war like, because he was in World War II, he was actually missing in action, and he said, "No man who's been on the battlefield will want to send his son." And that always stuck with me because I see all these third, <laughs> first, second, third, yeah, and second saying, generation they still going, do. Yeah, they still do. Yeah. Well, Susan, Susan's uncle, talk a little bit. About what was your childhood like? What influenced you? What What turned you into an activist?
0: My mother. <laughs> She, uh, when I was about 12, she took me to um, a daycare thing in the summertime for migrant workers' children. Um, Otherwise, they would be out in the fields with their parents. So that got me started. And she was fairly political and turned more radical as she got older. And she was a huge influence on me.
2: I remember your mother God bless her when we, she'd come and she'd be on her little chair with her little sign yeah. sound. I just it was such a what was her first name I forgot it
5: Gertrude right
2: Gertrude it's really interesting my my mother's first name was Bertha she changed it to Betty she hated <laughs> she hated you know she hated Bertha because Big Bertha during World War II right so, so that was your first encounter you were 12 years old and so your mother had a great influence on you oh yes yeah, I think for me it was my father because he was a a hard union man I mean he was really I mean we had strikes I mean I remember going on strikes all kinds of different things that happened so how did that how did that what was what was like your first protest or the first time Susan the first time you came out and you decided to make a statement what what did that feel like and where did you
3: get your courage Well, well you know it was so gradual that uh, you know, it started in in junior high school, which was basically the same as it did for the other Susan, um, and being being involved with the Unitarian Church and the Unitarian Youth Group, and taking part in things beginning then and going into college. It was Vietnam, and and there was also the Great Boycott, and and uh, lots of things were happening back then. And it just was, you just gradually moved into it and it became sort of a natural way of being combined with having been raised so so for that to, to, to speak out against injustice. My parents had always done it. They were active in local stuff in the towns where I was growing up. And so it just, it never, it, there's, there isn't a moment, you know, it, It's it's simply evolved naturally, organically.
2: Well, that's really interesting because I was thinking about, I always think about my own mother. She was kind of caught in that crossfire, you know, where she was a child of immigrants, you know, like she didn't have the, the generations being an American caught in that crossfire and then all of a sudden not being able to not able to complete her visions. In fact, when, when we start walking for abortion, my mother supported it 100%. She says, yeah, you walk, you know, yeah. we have a right to choose, you know, because and then I found out on some level that maybe when she got pregnant with me, had she had the option, My choices. she would have made different choices. So it's, it's a very, very very interesting. How about you, Sue? I'm going to call you by your last name, Chunko. How about you? What was your, what was your first that you went out and protested and really made a statement about something you believed in? What was that like to
0: Lord, I don't even remember. It was so long ago. The Vietnam War and women's rights, I think, were the first things that I got involved in. In human rights. Actually, when I was in elementary school, I had a teacher who talked about segregation in the South. She would worked at a school in Alabama or something, and uh, that was a shocker. I had no idea. I was like 10, 12 years old. So...
3: Yeah, I remember watching all that on television. And, yes. Yeah, and, oh,
0: my God. Yeah.
3: I mean, if you lived in a household where that was happening and you had parents who talked about it from a, a non-racist perspective. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But also,
2: what, what was so interesting about the Vietnam War and all that protesting that was going on at that time? For me, personally, it was the first time that I even was aware that there was something wrong. Yeah. you know it was like you, when you come from a, an immigrant background you know you think well the, you know the, the streets are paved with gold you know this is the American dream and all that then all of a sudden what we're in an un, we're in a war that's unjust and all these all these veterans coming
3: yeah my mother my mother marched down Fifth Avenue but she said I felt like the old lady walking down the street because everybody was so much younger than she was <laughs>
0: but has't hasn't America always been at war
3: I think so. But but she's how sad is that? But she's saying that you know, as immigrants come and say, "This is you know, streets yeah. paved with gold. This is the land of opportunity," and then you find out it isn't exactly what you. My grandparents were immigrants. Yeah. yeah, Well, it's just like our,
2: my my family came from Russia and from uh, from Poland, Jewish pogroms. They come in and destroy whole villages, kill the children, so They get out of here, Jews. All of a sudden, they come to America. Now here we are. The so I'm the second. I'm the first generation of my father. The second generation on my mother, and all this. sudden, there's this upset. You know, all this and all this protesting. They're burning draft cards. You know, it's like the illusion of America. It, is it completely exploding? Yeah, you, f- you
3: find out that oh, what do you know? The United States is doing that in other countries too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That thought, you know, I I think it's important that we got a little bit of background into you, too. When we come back, we're going to take a little musical break now. And we're going to listen to this song, this wonderful song by... uh, Buffy St. Marie is called America the Beautiful. And I'd like you to look at the, the lyrics, and we're just we're going to comment on it. And then we're going to talk about your experience on the wall, getting appointed, you know, getting uh, nominated, and the whole experience of being part of that. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's take that musical break. And when we come back, I will continue my conversation with Susan Chunko and Susan Lamont. Both are both reciprocans and have been honored by being placed on the Sebastopol, California, Living Peace Wall. Well, let's go ahead.
5: Can. I was in Alabama, Chippewas in St. Paul, Mississippi mud runs like a river in me. America, oh, she's like a mother to me. Oh, beautiful, for spacious skies. For amber waves of grain, for purple.
2: love this one. America, America, God shed his grace on thee, till selfish gain no longer strain the banner of the free. I love that. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Bases, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt, and with me in the studio is Susan Chunko and Susan Lamont, both who are reciprocants who have been uh, honored to be placed on the Sebastopol Living Peace Wall. Well, welcome back, ladies, and listen, let's start talking a little bit about the Peace Wall. You know, you're both on the wall. You know, what... Give us a little history, Susan, if you can, and, and what did it feel like when all of a sudden you found out that you were nominated? Was it a surprise? Did you know that someone had nominated you? What happened?
3: Go well, uh, the history of the Living Peace Wall is that Michael Gelati came up with the idea to have this, that we were always honoring the dead and we were always honoring people in war. It was time to honor people who were alive and who were working for peace. And so he 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 designed it. He created a little model of it and he took it around to groups and i found out about it when i was working at the peace and justice center and he came into the office and showed me everything and said can can you talk to your board and see if they are willing to endorse this effort of mine and uh, write a letter to the city council of sebastopol to uh, say you would like to see this happen and uh, so we did and enough groups and people Endorsed it that it became a reality. So,
2: yeah. so, you were one of the probably one of the first, uh, you were 20, it was 2015, 2015. when he had it, so you were on yeah. 2017. Yeah. And how about you, Susan? How did you, how did you, how did you get involved? How did you find out? And how did it feel when all of a sudden you found out you got nominated?
0: Well, it was kind of embarrassing because most of my I'm friends are my political book. activists, and some of them are way more active politically than I am, but, um, I, it was quite an honor to be nominated. The Peace and Justice Center did it. So.
2: Well, it is an honor, you know. Like I said, you know, it's like you're you represent, you know, the fact that both of you represent a, an ideology that that we can all support. You know, it's amazing. And to me, I feel like I feel like I'm there with you. You know, I I know you. I know what you guys do. It, it's it's a, a wonderful, wonderful.
3: Well, actually, my nomination was controversial. Oh, it was. Why was that? The, yeah, people objected because I am seen as having violent speech. Uh-huh. That I'm angry, and people will say to me, "Martin Luther King wouldn't do this," and I'd say, "Well, then you haven't listened to Martin Luther King. Well, he was he, say- was, oh, he well. was extremely angry. Are you kidding? Anyway, uh, so <laughs> anyway, did, I made it on the wall despite my anger. <laughs> so, how did
2: you overcome that? I mean, how? What was what? what
3: was, I, I didn't I didn't have anything to do with overcoming it. I just knew it happened, but decision makers. They, they handle it. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's 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 it's
2: a you know it's a controversial thing. You know yeah. what you know. I mean to me you know it's like it's almost like when you go and you're you're listening to someone talk and they have some passion and they just go quietly with it instead of expressing it you know i think it's important anger is, is actually healthy on so many levels i mean we sh- need to be more angry Actually, well that's
3: one of the things i learned from my mother it was called the tyranny of politeness right. which was to actually shut you down so they could it's easy for People to go on with the status quo. Well,
0: Absolutely.
2: I'm
3: in your. I'm in your camp. Yeah, you know?
2: and, and you know something. I love what Harry Cole Whittaker said. That's what you think of me is none of my business. You know. Come on. <laughs> I think. Well, why do you feel? Why do you feel it's important to acknowledge people on the wall like this? How about you, Susan? Well, why do you think it's important, and what what, is, what impact has this had on you?
0: Um. Gosh, I haven't really thought about that. Um, I think it's an amazing thing, and it's it's good that activists are recognized in some way because so often we're ignored.
2: Well, ignored and put
0: down, or you know, yeah,
2: all kinds of
3: things. Yeah, um, it, and ignored, particularly ignored when we're we turn out to be right. For instance, you know, if we talk about the Vietnam War and turn out to be right. Nobody ever says, "Oh yeah, you know the activists were right," or the Iraq War. No one ever says, "Oh yeah, the activists were right." Maybe we ought to listen to them.
2: <laughs> well, Bob McNamara said we were right when yeah. he came out with that book. I mean, I almost fell off the chair when yeah. I realized all the all the young men that had to go to Canada, all the things that happened. And all of a sudden, he comes out making millions of dollars yeah. on this book. That oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. I, maybe I gave the wrong advice. I mean, yeah. that is that is just that is just amazing. Well, you know, in continuing your activism... Which is so important You know, I mean, when you, you get on the wall You know, working for peace Is not is not an easy thing You know, and if people say Well, it's our nature to war Well, you know, it's our nature to do a lot of things But, you know, you ever go into your garden You can shift nature around You know, you can change things You can plant it where there's more sun Or less sun or whatever's going on So, to continue with your uh, your activism uh, Let's talk with you, Susan Lamont For a few moments I know that something's really perking up right now And that I really feel feel need some attention and then as all of a sudden we're having these new these nuclear protests and I'd like you to talk a little bit about it. I know you're involved with a few things I'd like you to bring it and let us know about what is going on and why is this happening? I mean why is all of a sudden this new (laughs) interest?
3: Well it's it's happening because uh, we're in the middle of what I would say is a proxy war in which the foreign minister of Russia said the United States is currently at war with Russia forget the proxy part We're at war, so um, these are two heavily nuclear armed powers. They have the power, with a fraction of their arsenals, to blow up the world, destroy uh, life on the planet, and the egos of both countries are uh, feeling threatened. And uh, you know, these are if you're going to end my country, I'm going to blow you up, and if you know, vice versa. So we have to say, we don't, we don't want this. Most of, the, most of the countries of the world have signed on to a nuclear non-proliferation um, treaty, and the United States hasn't signed it, Russia hasn't signed it, most of the West hasn't signed it. So um, there's an effort to draw attention to that. So I've got three, three events, One is, two of them are in Santa Rosa, So one is this Saturday, and it's part of an international week of action against – to defuse nuclear war, and you can look it up. There's DiffuseNuclearWar.org, I think, is the national group. And so our thing is Say No to Nukes. It's at Courthouse Square, and it's at noon on on Saturday. Then on Wednesday, October 4th – this is in San Francisco, I'm an organizer with this well, along with the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, WILF, the one you never heard of, they're, they're part of this, um, at 4 o'clock at uh, BlackRock, which is a uh, asset manager, the biggest, largest in the world, uh, $9 trillion worth, and they are profiting from the war. Uh, conducting the war by the sale of weapons, and then they are signed up with Zelensky to rebuild. So they profit. After they destroy, they profit from rebuilding. So they're at 400 Howard Street in San Francisco. That's at four. Then there's a general um, global mobilization for peace in Ukraine, which is another group, um, international That's at 5 o'clock at the Montgomery Street BART station at uh, Market. And I've sent you all the flyers for these things so you can put them on your website. And then the following Saturday, October 7th, (laughs) in Santa Rosa, we are having in Courthouse Square at noon a Honk for Peace rally. We found that we – someone held up a sign that says Honk for Peace, and we get people to start honking. And um, we want to just make some noise and and get people – what can they do as they're driving by? They can honk for peace.
2: <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting when you bring all this up because you hear very little about it on the on the mainstream news. I mean, you hear everything is Trump, 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 you know, what's yeah. going on. And yes. here we, here we have this war going on and here we're in this in this horrible danger. And one of the things that you said I thought was very very interesting. You said are egos their egos would not allow them, you know, and, and that's what I often wonder. I, You know, I'm looking at your, your T-shirt. You have a, a, it says peace with a, a peace dove with a little peace swig in it. And and it looks so simple. It, it reminds me of my great-granddaughter when she came to Ken's birthday party. And we asked her, why, why are you so excited about being at the birthday party? And she said, well, because they're going to have ice cream and cake. You know, it's like, it's so simple. Let's just be happy, have ice cream. Let's just have peace. What what is it that makes it so difficult
3: to sit down? I mean, I, I selfish I look, gain no longer gain the banner of the free. Right? I mean, <laughs>
2: that the whole right thing that that whole song. Yeah, you know, have, what is it that we can not you know, yeah, I'm here,
3: th- here is this song is about this incredibly gorgeous country with so many resources that if we shared Imagine if we shared instead of having the corporations essentially occupy practically every inch of the place and control it yeah. just well, imagine
2: well the thing is that they're taking our imagination away with yes us.
3: they are you know because yeah, they,
2: they, they, fulfill, they they fill our mind with so much so much things it's just amazing do you have anything to add to that Susan
0: not really um
3: talk about the homeless
0: oh talk about the homeless. Yeah, I've been involved with the homeless for a number of years now. And it amazes me the money that our country spends on war when we have millions of people with no place to live, no access to food or showers or anything. That, to me, is a disgrace. We are supposed to be the greatest country in the world get out of here
2: we're one country in God we trust (laughs) in God we trust remember (laughs) but anyway that's a whole other subject well we have come to the end of our segment and this has been a wonderful wonderful segment so we have time for last words anything that anything particularly you'd like to share anything you want to give a website Susan anything where people can get a hold of you how do they get a hold of you if they have any questions
3: Peasnick at sonic.net
2: How about you, Susan? Any Susan Chunko, and, and be
3: involved. Always, always, always be involved. Always.
2: That's right. Stand up. Be involved. you know, it, it's you know, Margaret Mead said, if you don't underestimate the power of a person, don't underestimate the power of a protest. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much, Susan Lamont, for being on Women's Faces Me and Susan Sunko for being with me here and sharing your your activist experience. And once again, congratulations for being placed on the wall. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful wall. I don't like when they say hippie peace symbol. No. I love that yeah. peace symbol. I'm sorry. It's not a hippie <laughs> peace. It's a, it's a symbol of peace. I mean, it, it. I remember when I first saw it, I remember it was the first time I went to a protest and somebody held that up and I said, oh, my God, I've met and giving myself a necklace and the whole nine yards. So thank you and, so and much. And if
3: you want to promote and support IOLERO, the Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach, Board of Supervisors meeting tomorrow, Tuesday, 2 o'clock, Chambers.
2: Right, and we'll get all that information on our on our website. You can get the information from the Board of Supervisors. They have all the website, all that yeah. information yes. on their thing. <laughs> Well, that's it for our show, folks. A special thank you to Susan Lamont and Susan Chanto for being such wonderful guests here on Women's Spaces. You know, Women's Spaces, we've Play every every Monday night, it'll be on again, a second running. I'm really excited. I get to listen to my own show, which is really exciting to me. I'm really interested in seeing how this went. All the information that we gave you is on www.womenspaces.com. And also a reminder that uh, tonight is going to be the National Organization for Women. Uh their meeting. If you go to www.nowsonoma.org, uh, you'll find out all the information. This is Elaine Holt. You've been listening to Women's Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time.
1: She's patient and she's waiting and she'll take you home now, the woman in your life, she can wait.
0: The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, September 25, 2023.